0: SECTION 33 OF THE NATIONAL GEOGRAPHIC MAGAZINE, VOLUME 6. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY LARRY WILSON. OREGON, ITS HISTORY, GEOGRAPHY, AND RESOURCES BY JOHN H. MITCHELL THE ORGANIZATION OF A PROVISIONAL GOVERNMENT IN OREGON. Following this successful expedition led by Dr. Whitman in 1843, came the organization of a provisional government by the people then in the territory and the final settlement of the whole question by the Treaty of 1846. At the time of the organization of the provisional government, there was but one law book in all that region this was a copy of the iowa statutes and in the fundamental law of the provisional government there was this provision the laws of iowa territory shall be the law in this territory in civil military and criminal cases when not otherwise provided another provision which these brave courageous liberty-loving pioneers inscribed in their fundamental law was this there shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in said territory otherwise than for the punishment of crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted oregon though added to the united states by the treaty of eighteen forty six and created a territory including what is now the states of washington and idaho in august eighteen forty eight had no territorial government until eighteen forty nine in march of this year its territorial governor arrived and organized a territory with 8785 inhabitants this territory was not dismembered until 1853 when the territory now state of washington was carved out of it it became one of the states of the union july 14th 1859 and in 1863 the territory now state of idaho was set apart from its area of all the public men of the country during the period of the early settlement of oregon no one seemed to grasp the real situation or so fully comprehend the vastness of the prospective interests at stake as lewis field lynn united states senator from missouri to his memory more than to that of any other public man of the time do the pioneer immigrants and the people of oregon generally owe a tribute of lasting veneration the measure for which Senator Lynn so vigorously and constantly labored prior to his death in 1843 for making donations of the public lands in Oregon Territory to citizens of the United States to induce immigration and settlement finally materialized in an act of Congress passed September 27, 1850. This act very largely facilitated immigration to and settlement in that country one unfortunate incident however attached to this otherwise beneficent and highly commendable piece of legislation while it facilitated immigration it tended also to facilitate marriage not only among the immigrants but between male immigrants and indian women by the fourth section of the act a grant in presenti was made to any man who would reside on and cultivate for four consecutive years a tract of three hundred twenty acres of land if a single man and six hundred forty if married while well, under this provision settlement of the country was rapidly developed it is nevertheless a fact fully borne out by the records of the courts in that country within the next few years thereafter that the premium paid on marriage resulted in an unusual and abnormal crop of divorces as many marriages, especially those with Indian women, were based on no other or higher considerations than the mercenary one offered by the act. The Name Oregon There are various theories as to the origin and derivation of the name Oregon. Some writers declare that it is derived from the Spanish signifying wild thyme, so-called on account of the abundance of that herb found by the early explorers others insist it is an indian word in use about the headwaters of the columbia to designate the waters of that river and meaning the great river of the west and obtained from them by jonathan carver a native of connecticut in seventeen sixty six sixty eight who spent two years among the indians on the waters of the upper mississippi now the state of wisconsin carver's accounts however in reference to many matters are contradictory and unreliable though in reference to this he was quite likely right it is more than probable that an article published fifty-three years ago in eighteen forty-two in hunts magazine and reproduced by the historian brown in his political history of oregon presents the correct solution of the question speaking of oregon territory and the discovery of columbia river by captain gray this article says the territory watered by this river and its tributaries has since that is since the discovery of the river been called the oregon territory from a tradition said to have prevailed among the indians near lake superior of the existence of a mighty river rising in the vicinity and emptying its waters into the pacific which was supposed to be the columbia bryant in his celebrated thanatopsis written in eighteen fifteen refers to the columbia river as the oregon where rolls the oregon and hears no sound save his own dashings early news carrying in and to oregon it is a singular historical fact that the pioneers of oregon territory down as late as the settlement of our northern boundary in eighteen forty six received most of their news from washington by way of the sandwich islands a semi-yearly vessel also brought letters and papers around cape horn the news in which was necessarily somewhat stale lieutenant howison in his report says october sixteenth eighteen forty six the american bark toulon arrived from the sandwich islands and brought news of the oregon treaty the mexican war and the occupation of california the right of ownership of all soil being vested by treaty I no longer felt any reserve in hoisting our flag on shore, and it has been some time waving over our quarters on the very spot which was first settled by white men on the banks of the Columbia. On the receipt of the news from the Sandwich Islands, James Douglas, the chief factor of the Hudson Bay Company, and a pronounced Britisher, addressed the following letter to Governor Abernathy of Oregon. Fort Vancouver, November 3, 1846. George Abernethy, Esquire. Dear Sir, Very important news for all parties in Oregon has just been received by the Bark Toulon from the Sandwich Islands. It appears that the boundary question is finally and fully settled. The British government has rendered more than strict justice required. But John Bull is generous and was bound to be something more than just to his promising son, Jonathan, who will no doubt make good use of the gift yours truly james douglas it was not until eighteen fifty that the people of oregon had a semi-monthly mail through a service established between san francisco and portland oregon the first attempt at sending mail across the continent from oregon territory was in eighteen thirty eight fifty seven years ago when letters were carried from the willamette valley in oregon to Melport, missouri in sixty days including two days detention at Lopwai and two days at fort hall carrying to rev jason lee the oregon missionary then in the east the sad intelligence of the death of his wife in oregon the first printing press west of the rocky mountains the first printing press in oregon was received as a donation from the mission of the american board of foreign missions in the sandwich islands to the missions of the board in oregon it reached its destination at Lapwai, now the state of idaho then a part of the oregon territory and was put into operation by mr e o hall of the sandwich islands mission and commenced publishing books in the nes pierce language this was in eighteen thirty eight fifty seven years ago it was the first printing press west of the rocky mountains the first newspaper published within the limits of the present state of oregon was established at oregon city seven years later in eighteen forty five it was called the oregon spectator the first white birth and burial the first white american child born on the pacific coast was the daughter of dr whitman and wife born near walla walla in eighteen thirty nine on june twenty sixth eighteen thirty eight mrs marie pittman wife of the missionary reverend jason lee died near salem oregon she was the first white american woman to close her eyes in death west of the rocky mountains today on a humble headstone which marks her last resting place in salem oregon may be read the following inscription beneath this soul the first ever broken in oregon for the reception of a white mother and child lie buried the remains of anna marie pittman wife of reverend jason lee and infant son she sailed from new york in july eighteen thirty six landed in oregon june eighteen thirty seven was married in july eighteen thirty seven and died june twenty sixth eighteen thirty eight in full enjoyment of that love which constrained her to leave all for christ and heathen souls lo we have left all and followed thee what shall we have therefore geographic characteristics and natural resources of oregon what briefly are the prominent geographic characteristics and natural resources and advantages of the state of oregon to enumerate much less describe or discuss them would require a long series of lectures each of which to be properly understood and appreciated should be fully illustrated i may mention a few only of the most notable first an area and i speak now of the present state of oregon of ninety six thousand thirty square miles containing sixty million five hundred eighteen thousand four hundred acres comprising every conceivable character of surface configuration an area greater in extent by more than six thousand square miles than all of england scotland and wales combined with their aggregate population of over thirty-two million an area over eight times larger than belgium with its population of above six million and but six thousand square miles less than one-half that of france with its forty million people this area consists of numerous and extended fertile valleys mountain ranges rich in minerals both precious and base whose sides are clothed with eternal verdure and whose peaks are crowned with eternal snow forests unsurpassed in extent and in the number variety and majesty of the trees composing them immense fertile plateaus of everlasting green on whose nutritious grasses feed two million six thousand sheep of the value of six million dollars and which produce annually over seventeen million pounds of wool averaging according to price from two million to two million two hundred fifty thousand dollars 250,000 horses of the value of $7,000,000, 6,500 mules of the value of $300,000, 125,000 milk cows of the value of $3,000,000, and 1,000,000 oxen and other cattle of the value of $12,000,000. Then we have sandy deserts gradually being converted into fruitful grain fields in virtue of the processes of irrigation magnificent rivers including the columbia the great father of the western waters the snake the willamette the yamhill the Tualatan, the santiam the sluselagh and the rogue and the Emqua, the coquille and the nestuca the Nehalem and sandy the John Day, the link the lost the deschutes the umatilla the grand ronde the powder and others of less magnitude and significance including innumerable streams pure as the snow of the mountain sides whence they spring and filled with trout and other edible fishes grand lakes which mirror back in sublime beauty their mountain walls of granite fringed with the waving branches of stately firs extensive caverns brilliant in stalactites and cooled by running mountain streams of living waters and lastly volcanic regions bearing on their encrusted surface the very picture of desolation thus far successfully defying the ingenuity of man and every effort at reclamation it is gratifying however to be able to say that this character of configuration is confined to a very small area in southeastern oregon probably in all less than one thousand square miles known as the lava beds here it was that general canby and rev dr thomas peace commissioners lost their lives while treating with the indians in eighteen seventy two an indian desperado known as captain jack leading the murderous attack peace commissioner colonel a b Meacham, an oregon pioneer was seriously wounded at the same time oregon is divided north and south by three mountain ranges separating the state into four tiers of fertile valleys first the coast range running parallel with the pacific ocean the length of the entire state and on an average distant some forty miles from the coast separating nehalem tillamook alsea and other coast valleys from the valley of the willamette second the cascade range running also north and south parallel to the coast range distant from the latter on an average seventy five to one hundred miles and separating the willamette umpqua and rogue river valleys from the great inland empire in eastern oregon including the valleys of umatilla ochoco and other grazing plains lying to the eastward and third the blue mountains running from southeast to northwest separating these valleys again from the magnificent wheat fields of the grand powder river wallawa snake river and other valleys in the counties of union baker grant and harney in the region in which are located Le Grand, union baker city ontario huntington canyon city and numerous flourishing mining and commercial towns again the state is divided in the other direction by the kalapuya mountains crossing the state from east to west from the cascades to the pacific ocean about 150 miles from its southern boundary other minor ranges also intersect the state east and west including the great Siskiyou range on the dividing line between oregon and california the state contains more than twenty-five million acres of arable land the willamette valley alone contains five million acres the whole arable area is greater than the one-half of the entire of the six new england states over ten million acres or about one-sixth of the whole state are covered with forests. the greater portion as magnificent and valuable as any in the world of like species the balance of the state being mountain grazing and desert lands the latter of which can be nearly all made highly productive by irrigation the mountain peaks of oregon the great mountain ranges of oregon and their grand scenery are the pride of all her people and the wonder and admiration of every traveller who beholds them rising from the cascade range in the state of oregon IN STATELY BEAUTY AND MAJESTIC GRANDEUR, WITH SUMMITS PENETRATING THE CLOUDS AND WRAPPED IN EVERLASTING SNOWS, STAND LIKE GREAT SENTINELS ON TOWERING BATTLEFIELDS. MOUNT HOOD, 12,000 FEET IN HEIGHT. JEFFERSON, 10,200 FEET. BLACK BUTTE, 7,000 FEET. SNOW BUTTE, 6,000 FEET. THE THREE SISTERS, 9,000 FEET diamond peak eight thousand eight hundred seven feet mount tyleson seven thousand feet mount scott nine thousand one hundred twenty five feet onion peak over four thousand feet and last but not least mount pitt or mount mclaughlin as it is sometimes called near the southern boundary of the state nine thousand seven hundred sixty feet in height these are all in the cascade range and within the state of oregon and commencing with mount hood the giant of the line and seemingly the commander of the column located about twenty-five miles due south of columbia river in the center of the cascade range they stand in a line running almost due north and south in the order i have named them mount pitt being near the california line mount hood was named after lord hood by vancouver's navigator lieutenant Broton in seventeen ninety two the exact height of this mountain i believe has never been accurately ascertained the reported measurements ranging all the way from eleven thousand feet to eighteen thousand feet it is known however from more recent measurements to be about twelve thousand feet in height or some three thousand four hundred feet lower than shasta in california and mount rainier or tacoma in washington slightly east of mount hood and but seventy miles distant in what was once a part of oregon territory but now the state of washington stands mount adams nine thousand five hundred seventy feet in height named for john quincy adams it is one of the five snowy peaks visible at the same time from nearly every point of northern oregon one hundred miles north of mount hood and northwest of mount adams also in washington is mount st Helens, some nine thousand seven hundred fifty feet in height a magnificent cone which is said to be frequently in a state of eruption and which is confidently said to have been as also rainier during the past year mr j quinn thornton one of oregon's earliest pioneers and chief justice of the territory in his history of oregon and california asserts it was in a state of eruption in eighteen thirty one fremont records the fact that it was in a state of activity november thirteenth eighteen forty three the statement is well authenticated that in eighteen thirty two mount st Helens scattered ashes over the country to a distance of one hundred miles so obscuring the sunlight as to make it necessary to employ artificial light at midday that distance from the mountain there is a perpetual flow of hot water at a point in its southern slope indicating that the volcanic forces are not entirely extinguished the ascent of mount hood from the south has been frequently made and in more recent years by men and women numbered by the hundred on july fourth eighteen eighty seven members of the oregon alpine club of portland Oregon carried to its summit one hundred pounds of illuminating red fire the illumination lasted fifty-eight seconds and was seen from portland on the west a distance of sixty miles and prineville on the east a distance of eighty miles the illumination was repeated in eighteen eighty eight when it is asserted heliographic communications were exchanged with the signal service officers at portland in july eighteen ninety four a party numbering about one hundred eighty men and women ascended to its summit in two separate columns one from the north the other from the south this mountain has emitted smoke at intervals since the earliest settlements of the country crater lake no less interesting are the lakes of oregon which sleep in silent beauty in the icy embrace of the mountains some of them hundreds and even many thousands of feet above the level of the sea they are numerous and of interest as deep as their placid waters but the one which above all is romantically interesting and surprisingly wonderful is that known as crater lake it is located in the cascade range in southeastern oregon at an elevation of over eight thousand feet its rim or shore is one thousand eight hundred feet higher than mount washington in new hampshire four thousand feet higher than vesuvius in naples and on the same elevation above the sea as mount sinai in arabia it was discovered in eighteen fifty three by gold prospectors from southern oregon who in their wonder occasioned by its strange location and startling beauty named it lake mystery later another party from fort klamath in visiting it were so awe-stricken with its peculiar character and its weird surroundings that they gave it a new name lake majesty subsequently in eighteen eighty six scientific exploration developed the fact that the waters of this strange lake occupy the crater of an extinct volcano that it is a gigantic bowl carved out of the mountain whose rock-ribbed rim rises more than eight thousand feet above the level of the sea that it is elliptical or oval in form its surface covering an area of some twenty-eight square miles being about six and a quarter miles in length by about four and a half in breadth these discoveries led to a second change of name and it is now and has been for several years past known as crater lake a few years since mainly through the efforts of representative herman of oregon this lake including some twenty surrounding townships were withdrawn from the public surveys and reserved as a national park it is one of the most remarkable lakes on the face of the globe it is the deepest freshwater lake in the united states if not in the world by reason of its phenomenal location and awe-inspiring surroundings it is unsurpassed in scenic grandeur and marvellous beauty by any other known to man the day is not far distant when travellers sightseers seekers after knowledge students of nature and lovers of the beautiful and the sublime of every tongue will come from all countries and every clime for the purpose of standing in the presence of its bewildering wonders gazing on its entrancing mysteries and feasting on the inspiration of its majestic beauty what is the explanation of scientists of this seemingly abnormal creation which inspires awe and evokes mingled admiration and wonder in the minds of all who behold it it is this that there in the departed centuries once stood a giant volcanic mountain whose summit towered into the heavens to a height probably far above any other in the united states if not in north america the conclusion is based by scientists on well-known geometric and geographic principles it is determined in part by ascertaining the extent and angle of the rim of the crater and taking into consideration the general configuration and composition of all its surroundings according to the geological survey the depth of this crater is four thousand feet and of the water two thousand feet over the greater portion that is from the rim of the lake it is from fifteen hundred to two thousand feet down to the surface of the water and the water is two thousand feet deep to add to the strange conformation and beauty of this phenomenal lake located in a mountain cup whose rim is indeed in nubibus there is a second crater within the main one which looms up in a hollow cone 650 feet above the surface of the water this is called wizard island while still two more similar craters exist which do not reach the surface of the water the top of one being 450 feet below the surface and that of the other 825 feet one writer mrs frances Fuller victor in her interesting and instructive book entitled atlantis arisen in speaking of this lake says one cannot owing to the sunken position of the lake discover it until close upon its rim and i say without exaggeration that no pen can reproduce its image no picture be painted to do it justice nor can it for obvious reasons be satisfactorily photographed at the first view a dead silence fell upon our party a choking sensation arose in our hearts and tears flowed over our cheeks i do not pretend to analyse the emotion but if i were to endeavour to compare it with anything i ever read i should say it must be such a feeling which causes the cherubim to veil their faces before god to me it was a revelation captain now major c e dutton in his report of the survey of this lake to the director of the geological survey says it was touching to see the worthy but untutored people who had ridden a hundred miles in freight wagons to behold it vainly striving to keep back tears as they poured forth exclamations of wonder and joy akin to pain nor was it less so to see so cultivated and learned a man as my companion hardly able to command himself to speak with his customary calmness. Did time permit, attention might be attracted to the many other interesting characteristics of this wonderland in Lake and Klamath counties in southeastern Oregon. I might point to upper and lower Klamath lakes, to link river uniting the two with its valuable water power, having a fall of 64 feet in a mile and a quarter and an average breadth of 310 feet to williamson sprague and lost rivers to the hot and cold mineral and non-mineral springs to rivers which in great volume rise from and disappear into the earth to the lava beds and to the magnificent fertile plains where wheat is grown in abundance at an elevation of over four thousand feet but these and many other features must be passed over or barely mentioned End of section 33.